So I think today we're going to talk about the concept of marriage. So right off the top, where did, uh, where did this come from? Was there a specific event or was it something weighing on your mind or something you've seen? Where did this come from? It's a long discussion. It's a long discussion with varying viewpoints. And I think that there, I think it's an interesting topic because it's really complicated. There are a lot of nuances to it. Uh, divorce, prenups, uh, you know, what is the definition of marriage and like, why is it different now than it used to be? And then what's the value of marriage? Is it even useful anymore? Um, so I guess to start off with, I would just have a couple questions for you. What do you believe is different about marriage from dating? So it's actually kind of funny that we're talking about this because Donna had talked to her aunt earlier today and I think it's actually her great aunt. So it's her grandmother's sister and somehow they got on the topic of relationships and whatnot and Mm -hmm. going back and forth. And she had said about how she lived with her husband who wasn't her husband at the time. So it was her boyfriend for seven years before they got married. Now, right off the bat, that really like, so what are we talking? Maybe 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a, there's a big difference between living with your boyfriend 50 years ago to today. And I feel like that same thing can be said about the difference between dating and marriage between 50 years ago and today, 20 years ago and today. So it's much more However, common you live together today, which is pretty close to marriage today. I would, I would say yes. I would say it's okay. more likely that couples would be living together today than 50 years ago. Sure. Makes sense. I agree. Um, so I think there's a twofold way of looking at this, right? So I think one of the reasons is money. Okay. And one of the reasons is accessibility. Okay. Can you explain what you mean by, by those? So I'll start with money. I think in today's day and age, we have a harder time on a, on a general level with being able to afford a house, being able to afford uh, things that constitute, maybe not constitute, but like couple with a marriage, right? Okay. So sure. if you're you're looking to buy a house and then you want kids and now you want, you know, now both of you are trying to work and now, you know, there's a lot that goes on there. And if you jump into a nine-month relationship and get married, I feel like there is a higher level of stress that goes into a relationship due to the fact that things are more expensive or not as not as streamlined as they used to be now again mm-hmm. i i'm not a i'm not a professional on 50 years ago but sure. i would imagine that in the 70s it was a little bit more assumed you graduated high school you went into college or got a career and then you went and provided for your family. Yeah. Um, Much more of a linear progression. Yes. So yeah. then if you continue that on to accessibility, my second point was if you look back 60, 60 years ago, right, it was a lot harder for women to have careers. Sure. So with that being said, 
the goal would be to find somebody to be married to that would then you would then be the stay at home mom or the housewife or whatever. So I feel like with the levels of oppression that women were under 60 years ago, it made it a lot more of a streamlined goal to be married as your goal. Where gotcha. nowadays, I feel like there's a, a lot more women have a lot of goals that they want to go and achieve and throwing marriage, slapping marriage on, well, just for the hell of it, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean as much as mm -hmm. it used to. So in reality, I think the difference between dating and marriage in today's society isn't a whole lot different as far as in a healthy relationship, you're your roles and responsibilities should be the same. Um, I feel like the communication should be the same. Like there shouldn't, there shouldn't be that much of a drastic change between if you're living together and dating and then you get married, nothing. What would be the big change in your mind? Well, that's what I wrestle with. I don't, I, it sounds like there isn't one if you don't put a certain weight on it. And I'd be curious what your thoughts are and if that's valuable or not to put a certain weight on it, put a different kind of weight on it, a much more committed weight to it, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, the the problem I have with a committed weight is as soon as you said that, I got the feeling that what is going on now with in both of our circumstances, it's as if it, there is something that's lacking or something that's not genuine to the situation. Now, granted, it would be possible for either one of us or either one of our partners to walk away at any time. For sure. No strings attached. But I also feel like that's even more practical for being in your 20s is to enjoy the shared responsibility of living with someone that you care about and not having the level of this is changing my life if this doesn't work out. So do you think people should get married in their 20s then? I don't think so. Okay. Because I feel like quick decisions can make the rest of your life suffer. So what if, what if you take the, the quick decision aspect out of it? You still say they've been dating for 10 years. And then you think about the weight of all of the potential. So the 20s are kind of weird because you have the most potential of any decade except for the first two or the first one. Um, no, no, the first two. So even taking the whole like time aspect out of it, is it a bad idea because there's so much potential in the future and you could not want to be married in five years only because of the potential, but it's better to be 60 because 60 and get married, let's say, because there's not a lot of potential left. Like you've already experienced a lot of things. You're not going to leave a lot on the table if you get married. So, I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying correctly. Sure. Are you saying it's better to be 60 and married than 30 and dating? Or are you saying it's better to ha to hedge your bets and say get married early so that you know you'll be married when you're 60 and your potential's low? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying not that one. I'm saying if if you just remove the entire quick decision nature of it all – is it a bad idea just on the merit of the fact that you have potential, which is essentially change. Like potential is also the same thing as your circumstances could change in five years. 
you, you potentially could have the most amount of change in five years. So propensity to change is hmm. low when you're 50. So maybe that's a good time to get married because you've settled, you know what things are going to be like in the future. You're not leaving anything on the table. You're not thinking about like, what if it doesn't work out? What options have I capped off at this point? I'm not talking like options in terms of other people, but your options do narrow because now you have to consider another person's viewpoint. Like you have to change your life dramatically to appease them in certain ways that you normally wouldn't have to if you were dating. Like, you know, you got to think about buying a house. How much money is that? How much of your money is now lost on this house that you may or may not want because you're married now, if that's what you, you know, consider to be important. Right. I, so, I mean, even, even career decisions, I mean, exactly. Y- right. You're limited to being able to be, to be able to procure a certain amount of money. Right. That the partner would rely on. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's less of a stringent, this is all or nothing when you're just dating and that the assumption that one party would be 100% reliant on the other is way less likely to be occurring in a dating situation Yeah, because you know that it is more of a temporary situation versus the thought process that if you decide to make a drastic career change while you're married the weight and burden of that decision would be spread yeah. throughout the parties way more equally than it would be if you were just dating. Right. No, I, I, I definitely think that's an interesting perspective that um, your possibility graph, if you will, yeah, would intersect with the marriage graph when your ability and – your ability to still find a partner and mm-hmm. your potential is is intersecting at a slope where it's at the the lowest possible at potential and the highest possible and still able to find a partner because yeah. before that you're limiting yourself to having a an additional thought process i'm not going to say a burden in any way but it's if you were married young, I would imagine, and again, I'm not married, so I don't know this, but I would imagine there's there's a lot more thought that goes into every decision that you make as an individual. Yeah, I would um, imagine so too. I, I I think it's interesting though. It's it's really it's really a uh, a tough line to draw of the difference without assigning characteristics of a married couple to a dating couple. Yeah, which I don't think you can do. Well, I I think the only real value that I can see in it from like a difference perspective is that if one of you dies or one of you is incapacitated, where you'll actually get to make decisions for this person that you've been living with for a couple of years, you probably have a better idea of what they would want than your family who you may not have lived with. Uh, And also, I assume that you'd want more of your money to go to the person that you're dating than like your family or your brother or your sister. And so having a marriage would let you give the money to them quickly and easily if you died. And they could also make medical decisions for you, like if you need to be unplugged and you're a vegetable. Uh, but I think those are the, the real two that stick out in my mind as like legitimate value over dating. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too. The, the only things that pop into my mind are both legal issues with 
again, dying and insurance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and insurance. Yeah, I didn't think about that those too. Those are the only two <laughs> things yeah. like right off the bat is giving money to somebody who you are not married to or not related to. <laughs> it's very it's difficult yeah. unless you're married. And yes. then insurance, you can't insure somebody that you're just dating. So right. those are the two. Now that we're talking about this, I'm really struggling. I would guess maybe with... A skewed perspective, I could say people with, I don't want to say trust issues. That feels like such a, like, people who may not be, to say. yeah, pe people who are like not inclined to trust easily. Is that what? Yeah, or, or always like worst case scenario thinkers, um, okay, dwellers, Paranoid. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like a benefit of marriage there would be there's a, there's a higher level of, downfall for the person if they should do anything but what would the downfall be like what would the well what would the downfall be carries with it without a prenup so so okay let's just live in a world of prenups though because i, I think i i mean i've already seen a lot of data that more people are getting prenups especially people who have almost no money which is kind of fascinating but it's much more of a trend now for people to get prenups so I would, it's, I'd just be curious, you know, post prenup, what is the only downfall? What's the, what's the real disadvantage to divorce? Yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure if, if you're talking, everybody's, everybody has a prenup and you go into it with that mindset. Um, realistically, I guess the only, the only thing that, a, that a paranoid person would have to benefit them is the peace of mind of the label. Okay. What? <laughs> That Talk about that not, a little bit more. If if I if I go into to a a bar and I start talking to a guy sitting next to me and I say my girlfriend doesn't matter how long of a time that I've been dating her I'm using myself as also the person who I'm talking to in this scenario because my assumption would be that if somebody says girlfriend it's like okay so you have a, a somewhat serious relationship with somebody mm. if I say wife my assumption would be there's more weight that the 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 label of wife carries when you are having a conversation with somebody. If gotcha. you are at the grocery store and you're asking somebody, my wife needs uh, frozen pastry dough, where would that be? Versus my girlfriend needs frozen pastry dough. And maybe that's an old-fashioned you know, mindset that I have. That's hilarious because the first time it's like, that person is a stand-up guy going to get his wife some stuff. And then the second time, it's like, that dude's a bitch. Why did he, like... That dude's whipped. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's whipped. <laughs> that's fascinating. That's a... It is. It's really... weird, though. And maybe that's an old-fashioned mindset that we're viewing this yeah. from. It's like, why does it matter the, the terminology or the label that is being used when, in reality, the situation might be that... Somebody's married for one year and dated for six months yeah. versus somebody that's been dating for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, very true. They're so different people. They I, made different decisions. Yeah, I, I would say that it's a, it's a my mindset is wrong problem in this scenario. Interesting. That I am looking at this from a skewed perspective because of – a very classical religious upbringing that I had that my 
ideologies would be that of the wife would carry more weight than the girlfriend. And maybe that's... But why, why would you think that would be bad? I'm not saying it's good or bad. Okay. I'm saying, it's just your side of the fence. I'm saying the weight that we were going back to the paranoid person conversation... Mm-hmm. And you were saying the benefit or the downfall of being married to a paranoid person. Yeah. And if I was in that position and I was paranoid that my significant other was going to do something, I don't want to say cheat because that doesn't really matter whether you're married or not. If you're cheating, you're sure. cheating. Right. But if there was a if there was something that I was worried about them doing, the outcome is in the back of their mind the label, right? is mm-hmm. it's not just a dating relationship. We are married. Now, with a prenup, it doesn't carry the weight that a classical marriage does. But mm-hmm. I still feel as though, again, maybe maybe this is all in my head. Maybe the reason that I feel this way is because I put such a, such a stringent line on what marriage... There's, there's a higher... I don't want to say a higher value, but I feel like there is a, a higher responsibility to each other. But this is going into a – I guess it really goes into the definition – I don't know the definition of marriage, but the religious definition of marriage off the top of my head, which would be something of the covenant that you made between you, your partner, and God. Right. And that the that covenant would be a binding contract almost versus dating somebody as a i don't want to say flippant flippant but a more lackadaisical way of guilt-free contract-free way of conducting your life now i'm going into a deep religious view of what i think that contract looks like because that was the way i was brought up and that was always what i was taught but it's funny how as much as that was beat into me, I am now not doing that. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily. Okay. So yeah, I mean, religious backgrounds do tend to say that marriage is like a goal. It's a thing that you should do. But I also don't know if there's an immense pressure to seek marriage. Like the seven sacraments, if you're a Catholic, one of them is either to be married or to be a, a father or a pastor or, um, I forget the exact name, but there's an exact name for a religious authority in the Catholic Church that also has to be celibate. So you can't ever complete all of the seven sacraments, but marriage is so that, so there's like two values and they're not they're mutually exclusive. Not the case in Christianity, I guess, uh, where people can get married and also be pastors. But uh, do you think that that is? Do you, do you think that there's any value to that, though, beyond just your upbringing? Like, do you think that there's there's something to that? Well, value and a belief from childhood are two different things, in my opinion, because there's a certain level that my brain goes to that I was told something so much at one time that until right now, I probably wouldn't have guessed to think that the point of marriage was null that what, do you mean? What, what would be the the overwhelming benefit of marriage like we're we're, we're struggling to find something right oh yeah for sure i mean there, i oh good i mean i i would think that it's a lot i think that there's probably value in marriage if you do make that contract with 
if you do make it a legitimate contract. But outside of that, I would struggle to find any value because there's a certain element of when you're married, you, you can't, you can't get out of it. And that's a valuable, that's a valuable wall to have to come up against sometimes when your options are be stubborn and do whatever you want because it's you and you can do whatever you want and nothing matters versus you have to change because you have to appease the person that you're with and grow from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I understand that perspective. I'm saying more on a level of I never really thought about this in this light because marriage was held in such a high esteem Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, that if, again, like you said, it would be the, the goal, right? That would be one of the goals of a life. Yeah. In in the way I was brought up. So now to, to now to think back and to think that why was that the case? And going back to, like you said, as soon as you started talking about the Catholic Church and that to be... Um, a chaplain or bishop or whatever the the technical terminology is, a father or whatever, that it's yeah. acceptable to not be married to fulfill that position. Mm-hmm. And I think at its roots, that is probably a noble thing. Okay. But I I struggle with when the reason that something is acceptable outside of the generality the general belief of a sect or group mm. is it's people, right? I think it goes back to, well, this is okay except for when it's this. And this is okay right. except for when it's this. Yeah. And I feel like once you start drawing hash marks through, you know, I go back to the pictures, right? In mm. my brain, it's like, well, this is okay when this happens, but not when this happens except when it's this. Right. And I feel like if you look at this on a plane, the value of what you're trying to achieve with marriage wouldn't have the effect without the contract binding agreement, which is right. kind of what you were saying. And so it's good. So maybe you have to live in a world where there's actually two kinds of marriages. There's like the cheap, shitty, watered down marriage that like it's kind of like an upgrade from dating but not really then there's the real deal marriage which is like this is it wasn't that just marriage without a prenup see that well i i also think there's an element of like some people treat marriage like it doesn't it's not that big of a deal like there's a lot of soccer moms out there who turn 50 and just you know or i guess 40 or 30 and just want to leave or like when stuff gets hard people quit and like you know i think a lot about Two, two parents who have a stillborn and, you know, the kid dies. And a lot of times that tears couples apart, that tears marriages apart. Because how do you deal with, you know, loving a person who made it, like every time you look at them, you just think of how sad that situation was. And that's like, you get through it when you have a real marriage and you give up when you have a shitty marriage. You know what I mean? Couldn't you make the argument that that's just the characteristics of the people involved? For sure. I, yeah. But if you have two people involved who treat it very, with a lot of respect, then it's much closer to the not shitty version. Does that make sense? Right. That's kind of what I mean is the potential for 
somebody who holds the value to the not shitty version of marriage right would also be the kind of person that sees value in sticking through something that's difficult sure so what would now, be the difference between the not shitty version and the shitty version if you have the people really making the decisions of whether or not it's worth staying based on a difficulty when one of you disagrees on what is hard and what's irreconcilable because you could have one party who is committed to figuring out an answer to the problem and you could have another party that just wants to leave and if you're if you're the person who wants to stay committed and try to work through it then you've just invested a ton of time and effort and put a lot on the line you know socially just for this other person to give up when stuff that maybe you don't even control you know explodes so i'm still struggling with trying to understand the difference between the two because i feel like i mean you could just throw the label of marriage on there and a shit marriage is more likely to fall apart than one that's committed regardless yeah. i think i think i can confidently say that regardless of the difficulty even if there is a value of the level of difficulty changes depending on the person because you know people will identify a difficulty different differently sure. based on their own perspective yeah but i feel like somebody committed to a marriage or even a relationship is more likely to want to work through it and if that other person doesn't have the ability to work through that same problem in a manner that is i don't want to say agreeable or i'm missing a word here but that another person can get along with right so if yeah. if i can't work through a problem that the my wife is having and i want to leave i feel like that's not a characteristic of somebody that would be in regardless of the type of marriage if there are two types of marriage if you have a more bonding more binding contract version where it is it, it, and essentially really the only thing we're talking about here is a mind game it's a placebo for sticking it out is all that we're really yeah. talking about because yeah. the the idea that you're married d doesn't really matter the yeah. the only reason that that is there is so that when you look at a problem, you look at it through the view of this is not changing. So yeah, this is right. has to be accounted for. There's there's so, a level of like a, there's a rock. There's actual foundation to something that you can then base decisions on and move forward in life with. Yeah. So with that being said, what what would be another foundation in life? Oh, like something comparable to that? Yes. Because once well, you said I, that, I. I think I think a real deep first primary one is identity, and then beyond that is going to be the mo the myths that you believe in. So, is it a religion? Is it a worldview? So, the first thing is you know who do you think you are, and then the second thing is how do you think the world works, and the third thing is who is in your life, which is this marriage scenario that you trust beyond all I guess beyond all doubt or question. So, on some level, those things are all kind of equivalent. I I would say. Yeah, that's interesting because um, everything else that I feel falls into that category relies on you, not somebody else. What do you else. mean? That your beliefs, your identity, your – I feel like it's the idea of adding a person into a foundation opens up the possibility for cracks. Yeah, for sure. So in – It's with, high – With a – 
Go ahead. What's that? Sorry. I just, I just said it's, it's high stakes dating and with, and with like minimal, a, with minimal reward. <laughs> right. To a point, like I'm going back through now, somewhat playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Why would you ever decide to do that? Yeah. Well, I think you would do it if you wanted to grow personally. I think you would do it if you wanted to challenge huh. yourself to become a better person, but that only works if the other person also agrees to challenge themselves. Otherwise, it's only going to be hard for you and none of the burden will be shared and it will probably fall apart because it's more than likely that something very bad will happen because that's just how life is, right? Somebody in your family is going to die or like you will lose all of your money or, you know, stuff happens. And now that now that we're talking about this, it almost makes me think that that idea is because you sometimes cannot handle everything yourself. Oh, that's that's an interesting point. I had not thought about that. That's an interesting point. That yeah. the I, the me, the my mm-hmm. is only valuable while you are still in a functioning state. Yeah. And just as the much whole as sickness we, and health. Yeah. And just as much as we said that it's somebody who is willing to pull the plug when the plug needs to be pulled. Yeah. It's just as much that the person would be able to keep the plug pushed in when you can't. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So maybe the benefit is really that when you finally realize that you can't, I don't want to say finally realize, but when you realize that the value of you understanding things has no value when... You can't handle things when things get hard. Yeah. And that when somebody else also understands that and accepts that you are worth holding the plug in for, you have the ability to reset as a person through a traumatic event, through a mental illness, through whatever, that there's not a lot of other times where we interact with a person on the level of them holding the keys to the rest of our lives yeah and us trusting them yeah and i feel like without the commitment of a binding contract the person holding those keys might not be the person we want holding those keys so why do you think people get married then to people that clearly turn out to be terrible people like clearly that was a mistake and now you're trapped in this thing that you absolutely hate how does stuff like that happen because that does happen a lot optimism right so they were just fake oh so the so the person so the people one of the people getting married was optimistic that change would happen in the future is that that there's no way it's going to get worse i don't want to say that oh the better gotcha. it would get better but mm-hmm. i can deal with the way things are right now it's not going to get worse okay. than this yeah what do you wow think? So why, why would I, why would anybody choose it's so funny because i feel like the ability for somebody to see that something was so clearly wrong is the characteristic of a Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in yeah, the fact yeah. that the person involved in the relationship or involved in the situation wouldn't see it the way that somebody from the outside sees it. You know, that's that's true too. I mean, it is it is very, very much the case that you have no idea what's going on in a relationship and that only the people in the relationship know what's going on in the relationship and that 
you have your own preconceived notions about what you think is right, but highly unlikely that they are correct because you're not dealing with all of the data. You're only dealing with like your tiny window into what they tell you. You know what I mean? And to a point, even with all the data, who are you to make your assumption on their relationship? Even if you yeah. do understand everything, maybe that's what they want. And until yeah, they I, choose not to want that anymore, your perspective on their relationship is flawed. So, so then it's only in your, your assumption. It, so then in your in your mindset, you don't think anybody's actually ever trapped. You think they're just like it. It is technically what they want. It's what they want until. See, that's that's a tricky question though, because I feel right. like at some levels people can be trapped by a marriage. Right. Or by a relationship, even, mm-hmm. um, because of the repercussions or the alternative to being in that relationship. So right. there are certain. I mean, money is the first one that pops to mind, right? So when right. you aren't trapped by the relationship, but without that person's income, you're you're going to be homeless. Right. For sure. So that is a technical way of trapping someone in a relationship or marriage. But my problem with that is the person who quit their job to lose all of their money, that was their choice on some level, right? They took a risk. They rolled the dice. Yes. I think if we're talking about the ability for, um, but basically personal responsibility yeah, as a valuable member to society. Yeah. I don't feel like reliability on another person to the point of I can't leave this. Yeah. Is a that's irresponsibility. I don't I agree. Yeah. I, I don't believe that 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 in that scenario that person is being responsible. But I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist mm-hmm. because I wholeheartedly believe that those decisions are being made to not leave relationships or marriages based on money every yeah, day. I agree. I agree. hundred percent agree because I, I guess imagine the worst kind of guy in the relationship. He will say that, Oh, don't worry. You can quit your job. It's no big deal. You know, we'll be together forever. And then she quits her job and then she's totally reliant on him forever and he can do whatever he wants. Right. So yeah, the, that's, that's, the, that's a problem that has to be solved somehow. Yeah, the ability to be shitty goes way up. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's almost like this whole idea of walk softly and carry a big stick. Like never relinquish your power if you have it. Never, yeah, never don't be, be a, a victim. Tyrant, but, don't be a tyrant, yeah. but at the same time you can't be a victim. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So maybe, so maybe people think, will just get – go ahead. Why do you think people give up that? What is it a uh, because it's easier if I don't like? Is it a mindset thing or is it a a false sense of hope or I'm when, at, when you say I'm give up like like why do you, why do I think people give up on marriages? No, why do they give up their big stick? Oh yeah, I think because they have this utopian view of and and frankly, I mean, if you quit your job, how are you not the most traditional person on the planet? Like if you're if you're I mean, that's actually kind of terrible to say, but at the same time, it's like that's the the classic nuclear household from the 50s as the woman quits her job and the guy keeps working and he's the breadwinner. It's like, how could you not have a more traditional perspective if you're excited to quit your job as a woman and take care of the kids all day? 
which could be great. And that, that's awesome. That could be fun too. But, um, it's, uh, it's, that's a potentially traditional and potentially wrong way of, of looking at things. Uh, and it, it could also be the case that the guy's just making a lot of money, like way more money than the woman can make. And then childcare is expensive, it's, you know, probably 20 or 30 grand a year, which for a lot of people is some of times their salary. So I, I think there's, there's something interesting though that happens when you assign value to something. I know this is going to sound really stupid, but when you assign value to something that's strictly um, monetary, sure, for sure, I agree with you, hundred percent. That I think there's a there's a value to the the weight that the other the weight that a job carries, the weight that the responsibility and the understanding regardless of money but Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a really hard thing to implement today well the problem is that money well the problem is that money isn't money like money is not being homeless yes money equals not being homeless so it's 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 not like money is just this nice thing in a bank account it's money is decisions money is you know it's life yeah yeah it's it's that's a good point because it's, it's just as much something that you don't want as yeah. it is something that you do want because yeah. you can say all you want, you know, I don't want to be a slave to my job. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. But at the end of the day, you're not homeless. You have food to eat. You have a warm bed. Like that is what money is when converted into this system that we live in. It's not that I can go to work and earn heat. Right, right. So I have to make money to have heat. So if we follow that logic, then it's actually, I think there's a little bit of people who don't want to leave a marriage because it will be a dramatic detrimental impact to their standard of living. So if you think about, you know, Joe, you and I are married, you make $150,000 a year and I make 40 grand. Actually, I quit my job and I haven't made 40 grand in eight years and you're making a lot of money. We live in a nice house. Things are great. And then you like, I don't know, uh, just happen to slap me on the face all the time. It's very weird. I don't know why I don't like it. You don't, I don't know. And I want to leave and I have to go back to the standard of living. That's like 40 grand a year, but I'm used to this $150,000 standard of living. So like the value of you being an asshole to me is the difference between 150 and 40. And also the negative self-doubt of like, well, can I get a job? It's going to be really hard. I don't know. I don't want to go back to work. Like all that crap too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is that is such a a horrid thing to think about. It is. It is. But I think it because happens. I It is so bad. I totally agree with you. It's terrible. Because you're, you're – by making the decision to leave the relationship, you're putting yourself at poverty level. Right. And to think that – you would have to put up with domestic abuse mm-hmm. to not <laughs> have that. Like that's right. an insane thing. That's so real. But I, yeah, I totally think it's a real thing because it's not. It's also status quo bias. Like it's not just the idea that oh, I'm going to have to go back to this other world where I make less money. It's like I also just prefer things not to change. As a human being, I don't like change. So well, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I, with- I was going to say that before the. Mm-hmm. The slapping you around analogy got brought up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the fact that certainty versus uncertainty. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And the value that we place on knowing what tomorrow will bring. For sure. Versus today's the day I jump. Yeah. And I am now on my own. I'm now – and even as – even the potential upsides to being on your own get diluted in the fact that you don't know what else there will be tomorrow now. You yeah. don't know where you're living. You don't know the job you have. You don't know the car you'll drive. You don't know – and and I feel like we are far more likely to put up with shit yeah. when we know – at least not maybe not know what tomorrow will bring, but we have a far more likelihood of knowing where we're sleeping tomorrow. Which, I mean, we're talking about the concept of money with respect to marriage right now, but that also applies to all of the social aspects of marriage too. It's also the fact that, you know, I know tomorrow I will be married. That's, you at least have somebody that you can rely on, even if they are an asshole to you. You're at least in this relationship that, you know, it does exist and... I think there's some value in that foundational aspect as you go forward through time. Like you're you're tied to a person. So so, so once so now we've talked about this stuff for a little bit. Why wouldn't you want to get married? We talked about the lack of upsides, but what are the downsides? Well, I mean the downsides are I you go through life and you never commit to anything. And a life where you don't commit to anything is kind of a shallow a shallow life. It's tough because a commitment is only what you actually commit in your in your soul or whatever. So you can have a shallow commitment to marriage, but if you don't ever really get married, you miss out no, no, on no, a I'm whole sorry. lot of growth. I'm sorry, I meant after having talked about what we talked about, what would be the purpose of not getting married? Oh, because you're weak. That'd be, that'd be my, like, I mean, maybe not weak, but like you're unwilling to take the sacrifice. You're unwilling to try for the growth. You're unwilling to put your your... Your preconceived so almost, notions on the line. Almost the inverse of the person trying to get out of the relationship. Because change yeah. will occur. Yeah. You are like, unlikely to want to go through change regardless of the outcome because it's change. You're happy to keep the closet door closed with all the skeletons in it rather than open the closet door at some point in the future and pull every skeleton out, skeleton by skeleton, and then look at them very clearly with another person. That you trust, which is judgmental and shameful and terrifying. And that's, people are probably not thinking about it like that, but I think that's kind of close to what it actually is, if that makes sense. No, I, I think you're right. I, because I think ultimately vulnerability is what you're, I don't want to say you're allowing vulnerability because right. there's a certain no, but, level of vulnerability that is associated with having I, somebody I that knows you yeah, I, I sympathize with that idea of the vulnerability aspect. Yeah, and I, I, I do definitely see that being a major hesitation for people, myself, mm -hmm. in the fact that you don't know, you're assuming the reaction based on the trial that we call dating, mm -hmm. and you assume that they can handle this certain amount of skeleton that you have, mm -hmm. but you, it's still an assumption. Yeah. You don't know the true reaction. And yeah. you also can't afford to hide it. But there's an element of like, <clears throat> you also don't know what the future is. Like in the future, it could be the case where you have a really traumatic experience on an airline and you never, ever want to fly again. And the person you were dating, who then you got married to, was very excited to fly and explore Europe with you 
every year. And now that can't happen. And so things have changed, you know? I think, I think, you know, why wouldn't you want to get married is if you're paranoid about those kinds of things. And also, also you hold on to like wanting to do the Europe trips more than the marriage. Like you care more about that stuff than you do about building a relationship with a person, which I also think does happen. But yeah, there's a, now that you brought that up, I don't know. Do you know the, the country artist, Chris Stapleton? No, never heard the name. So he was a producer for a long time. And the reason being, well, he was a producer for a long time. And then he came out as a, as a singer and he has an incredible mm-hmm. voice, a lot of talent, but he has insane stage fright. Okay. And the only reason that he ever sang was because his wife pushed him to do it. Interesting. Okay. And to the point that if you ever go, like you can even watch it on YouTube or whatever, anytime he's singing, his wife has to be on stage. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. And to think that him by himself, we would have never heard his voice. Such a, I mean, it is, even if you don't like country music, it's a, it's a powerful voice that the reason that, ever came out was because of another person besides himself. Now, see, I'm willing to bet this Chris guy, having gone through all of that, is glad that it happened. And so it's not just that marriage pushed him to do a thing that he was uncomfortable with. It pushed him to do a thing that he was uncomfortable with for a short period of time that he is now proud of, which would not exist before. Right. And he could have just, in some weird world, said, no, I don't want to go sing on stage. I'm divorcing you. You're so annoying all the time trying to get me to go do this thing I don't want to do. Divorce. It's over. Never goes out on stage. Right. No, you're you're 100% right. The, the desire for it still had to be there. I think that's a beautiful metaphor for why marriage is valuable. That's, that's a legitimately beautiful thing that you just said. That's awesome. I think it also – you can wrap it all the way back around now that I'm thinking about it that – the value of marriage is the – and now maybe it's the weights that we place on the people in the first place. But the ability for somebody to be so close yeah, that they know you in ways that you don't know you. Yeah. But I mean that's that's really valuable. That's like way back in the day and in very shady situations, especially with the mafia, you would do – business deals where both parties had some kind of actual legitimate getting fired or getting arrested dirt on on not just one party but both parties because it builds mutual trust like you would you know both take pictures of each other doing coke or something or something stupid like that well, you would you could even go as far saying that's that's the whole ability or that's the whole thing with um mutually assured destruction yes yeah 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 and that's – a divorce is kind of like – I feel like it's a little bit like mutually assured destruction because huh. I don't think I, – I don't think most people will date a person who's been divorced just flat out. Your, your value in the, in the mate market is low. You've already – like you might have a kid. You're clearly not great at solving problems because potentially the most important problem was something standing in between you and your marriage, which is an important thing and you didn't figure that out. So – well, that's unfair to just assume that, though. Because but I think I, I I do think agree it's unfair, but that's just not 
how the world works. Like if you hear okay. about that, the world is less likely to assume that you did all of the correct things and the other person was wrong. Sure. Right. You're actually, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. The assumption is yeah. that you were wrong. Right. It's not it's, the it's assumption a, that you were wronged. There, no one, no one is, is dating you because of your divorce. They're dating you in spite of your divorce. So that, that's just my perspective. I don't, I don't think you ever okay. gain anything. I like that. And, that's interesting. So, mm. Yeah. It's, if it's not a value, then it's a detractor. Yeah, something like that. Just but I, 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 I mean, I could be totally wrong about all this. So, I mean, what do you think? No, I, I think that there is a value towards the weight that we still put on marriage. If that makes mm, sense. Okay. So, even even though it's in my opinion, it's lessened quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think, like just like you just brought up, it's it would be I would be dating you in spite of your divorce, not because you are divorced. Right. And I feel as though because you would have been there's there's a part of me that's thinking here that that statement is incorrect because so? I wouldn't have been able to date you previous to divorce. So you're like because of divorce because it's like the only possible way that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel there's a little bit of a hesitancy that I'm feeling towards saying that that is the reason. Because in reality, it would have been not illegal, but it's it's frowned upon to date somebody while you're married. Double frowned upon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so unless you're separated, which is this other weird category of married. But anyway. Yeah, but I feel like the separated category falls into the category of the legality behind marriage. Yeah. And if you agreed. applied that to every relationship we were in, you would have the same thing happening throughout all relationships. It wouldn't just apply to marriage. But it's just because yeah. we apply the legality issues to marriage is why we see those issues where it's like really strange off the wall situations where they're still technically married but not seeing them each other or whatever. But at the same time, it is something that would be slightly concerning seeing that somebody has been divorced already yeah so 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 looping into that then what is something that is not abuse that makes sense to get divorced over so we'll get rid of abuse we'll get rid of um cheating sure i would i would even categorize that as abuse but yeah i'm with you on that so abuse of the relationship abuse abuse of the trust i'm with Um, you on that hmm. yeah that's an interesting question because right off the bat, I would say there's a certain level of change. Okay. That would be acceptable. But oh, what do you mean by that? I, if you're dating the same person for 35 years, the chance that they were the same person at 18 as they are at 53 is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But agree. The so the person that you might have gotten married to at 18 isn't the person that they are today would lead me to think that that would be an applicable situation for divorce. But in the back of my mind, I feel like that still might be an excuse mm-hmm. for not seeing like you should have, you should have known and been able to predict this. I don't know. I feel like there's a longevity thing that isn't an excuse or can't be used so how- as an excuse. So how much responsibility on the day you get married 
is it of both people to accept a certain level of shit that could happen in the future? I think pretty high. Right? Because pretty high. I think right. I think <laughs> it's funny, we can wrap this back to what we we're talking about at the beginning. <laughs> we have our potential is the highest when we're young. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But our potential for shit to happen is also highest when we're that's, young. That's huge. Yeah. Totally agree. Because as things get more and more stable throughout life, we expect things to be more and more stable, I would imagine. But when you get married at 18, you have to assume that shit's going to happen. Like, you can't just say uh, that everything's going to be good. A, a big thing that I think about is like, there's a lot of heroin users today that started taking opioids because of back pain or whatever due to McKinsey and working with different drug companies. And all of those opioid addicts, or many of them, had a spouse. And how do you get married to somebody, and then that person has back pain? You go to a doctor, you get prescribed something, and now you're a heroin addict. I think I think there are more, not trying to bring race into this, but there are more white office workers that are IV drug users than there are drug drug users. It's the largest share of drug users in the U.S. And it's like, well, do you divorce the person who doesn't want to quit heroin, even though they're kind of a victim, but they don't want to quit. Let's just say they don't want to quit. They don't want to go to rehab and they have all the money. They're making all the money in their relationship. So if they're going to pay for rehab, it's not not coming from your pocket. You know what I mean? But that's not abuse, right? This is something I think about a lot. Like how do you, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Here's an interesting twist. Is it self abuse? I would say so. It's, it's definitely drug abuse, right? And drug abuse is kind of abusing your body. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could look at it as abusing your body, abusing your potential. I think you could look at it as abusing uh, the situation you're in. Oh, how so? Because what do you mean by that? If you have the ability to change and make yourself better and you're choosing not to. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a huge... Wow. That's a yeah. self-abuse in my mind. Because... If you're a heroin addict, you're not just screwing over yourself, but you're also sc- screwing over your marriage. Like you're choosing yeah. heroin over your marriage. You're that's it. Yeah, that's to- fair. But that's that just goes back to abuse. So yeah. I think you could throw that into abuse. Okay. Okay. I could I could see that. That makes sense. Because if you look at it as as a, as something besides abuse, that's like <laughs> um, the righteous mind has a quite a few examples of things that people find repulsive but not morally yeah. wrong fuck the chicken right yes and i feel <laughs> yeah. like if you take I'm abuse you. out of this we run into a lot of issues that are repulsive but not if there's no abuse if there's nobody doing anything wrong then it's all things that we're assigning to the situation that we think are wrong okay so here is a different example that might prove the point then is you get married, you go on for quite a while, you quit. Let's just say you don't even quit your job. You and your husband or your wife are making the same amount over time, but then one of you decides to take a, an extreme pay cut to do what they've always wanted to do. They're making like 25% of what they used to make. And the other person wants to get divorced because this is not originally what they signed up for or thought could happen or what have you. Where's the what is okay in that situation? Is that an okay reason to divorce? Well, <laughs> I think it's a funny, a funny situation to, to think about because 
not even being married, I don't know what I would constitute as reason to get divorced. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, um, I think that's, it's not. Okay. Because there's a certain level of, if we're talking on the, the, uh, the higher level, the upper, the upper tier of what we think marriage is, then I think if the person is happier in their new job that makes a quarter of what yeah. they were making, the value of that to the relationship should outweigh the money. So I think this is why I like the heroin example, because the heroin example is to something that you know is not going to help, but you want to do it anyway. It's like detrimental, but you want to do it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the money thing. I mean, you could you could throw in an example of like, maybe then you can't afford the house and you have to move to a different house. But then you're right. It's all about standard of living at that point. So. Well, it also, it also comes down to the value we place on emotions or not emotions, but like the, the hierarchy. I don't want to say hierarchy of needs, but it's basically like, are we valuing the house over happiness? Which is a wrong way of looking at yeah. the situation. Yeah. Because inevitably the lack of happiness is going to spawn other negative things and the house doesn't mean that negative things aren't going to spawn either for sure very good point very good point so do you think that you can make the argument that it's better to follow what ha what we decide happiness is than follow what money is so in that situation with a marriage is would it be better to just have your the the person who makes the most money make that money and the other mm -hmm. person to go strictly towards what makes them happy because there's a less chance of negative consequences when you are I don't want to say striving you're chasing you're chasing happiness which is a slippery slope. I don't like this analogy, but what I'm trying to get at is mm -hmm. yeah. having one person who goes to a job that they don't love, they, they tolerate, right? But makes mm -hmm. enough money to survive. Wouldn't it be better to have the other person strictly just do whatever it is to keep the relationship to the highest level, to keep themselves to the highest level of happiness and, and you know, Maybe happiness is the wrong thing, but maybe I mean uh, the eminent person. Yeah. So then, the marriage is not for selfish people at all. At all. Not even. Not even one percent. Right. It has to I, be. I think that's why it's valuable. I think that's a major chief value of it. You. You. It's like a, you can't be selfish. You know. And yeah, I think I think between like the example with Chris Stapleton. And the example of not being selfish is it's not that you are the reason that the other person is surviving. It's that together what you are able to do is greater than what you can do by yourself. So is is there a selfish reason then that you should ever get divorced? I would say yes. Oh, well, do you have an example or an idea? You mean an acceptable selfish reason? or Yeah, an, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a billion, there's, yeah, there's a billion selfish reasons out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood frankly, what you said. No, 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 I, 
and and the point I'm driving at here is I think almost all divorces are selfish. Yes, but, absolutely. I do as well. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I meant. I'm like, well, I could list you like a whole bunch of reasons why it's selfish, but an acceptable selfish reason. Yeah, because because abuse. The the point I was making is like abuse kind of gets rid of the selfish aspect. Like if you're being abused, that's kind of like you're right, get out. But if you're not being abused, is there anything else that's not selfish? You know what I mean? I have I have one I might be able to throw out there. Okay, cool. If the relationship is preventing you from being a better person. Interesting. Okay. Is that an acceptable reason? So it's holding you back in like in a fundamental way. way. But that gets back to the – well, no. Because then we're valuing the relationship more than we're valuing ourselves, which is kind of what we were implying earlier with that it's better than yourself. But can't you make the argument that if you can't be the best person that you're trying to be, that you maybe maybe not everybody is, but there are people who are striving to be the best that they can be. Right. If the inability to be that person exists because of your marriage – yeah. Is that a selfish reason to be able to get out of a marriage? I would say it's an extremely selfish reason, but I agree it's a moral one. That's a, That makes a lot of sense. Now, there's also a level all, of ambiguity. All, only if you haven't done everything to figure out how to remove that as an obstacle. Only right. if that's and the last. Right. The reason that I was able to say that is because <laughs> I didn't describe anything. You're right. Because right. you could break down that, any number of things that you could work around. but that's that's a beautiful rule though because it's general and you can apply that to things so i think i think that's more valuable than like specific right. scenarios you know like the only the only valuable reason to provide a scenario is to prove when like the rule is incorrect or an exception but how to use the rules yeah like a guideline yeah almost. yeah or, or like proving you're wrong like if you wanted to prove that wrong in your head is there a scenario where that's not the case and i can't i can't think of one so that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like I said at the beginning, it, I don't think I've really had a sit down with anybody or myself included to like evaluate what marriage is since, you know, I was instructed as a child. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing I've thought about a lot is that both parties have to agree on the definition of it. Hmm. Because then one of you is in a marriage yeah. and the other is not. And like you have to both be on the same page. But Yeah, that's not fair to either one of you. Yeah. But. So I'm, I'm excited. I've always had this conversation more often. I think this is pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I feel like uh, once, once we have a little bit of time to process things, we have this week to stew over thoughts or a couple weeks, I feel like we always generate good conversation after the fact because of, you know, there are outlying situations that – poke their head out and refuse to go away. And I feel like this is a good way to either saw them off or, you know, acknowledge their existence. 